I believe that our fast paced, go, go, go culture is gracious right now, gratefully slowing down so that we can all recover, repair, refresh. I totally agree with that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this is giving people a chance to slow down. Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. My name is Dave Glazer, online personal trainer and obsessed with the Enneagram personality assessment. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I came across some really inauthentic people when dating in Denver. And instead of getting frustrated, I decided to create a community of authentic people myself. Come along with me on this path to authenticity as we welcome expert guests and real-life daters to share their tools, tips, and knowledge to help you show up as your most authentic self. Hey guys, welcome Carrie Ann Appleton from Rio de Janeiro. We're going live for the BBR podcast today. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm good, actually. I'm really good. Yeah, what is your world like down in Rio? Um, I mean, most of us are self-isolating. So at home, working from home, doing the social distancing thing, most things are closed. Um, like restaurants are just doing delivery, but every stores are all closed, that sort of feeling. I think people are itching. I mean, we live in this beautiful city that has amazing views and nature and outdoor space. So it's like, I want to go out and use it. So I use the excuse of taking my dog for a walk. Uh huh. Yeah. Let me be honest and, <laughs> and take her to the park and whatnot. So, um, but for me personally, like I'm, I'm just super chill about it. Just, just riding the wave. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Using the terminology here from Rio, ride the wave. Ride the wave. You recently got into surfing, and that's probably one thing you're missing. But as far as your professional life, this is status quo working from home. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a huge transition for me because most of the time I work from home with women from all over the world. Um, I will say I feel like I'm on Zoom a lot now, and I'm kind of, to be honest, like over the coffee dates with friends. Like okay. I kind of like I want a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to set a you got to set a boundary about like when enough is enough when it comes to virtually connecting because even verse uh, as compared to in person we can still get burnt out as an extrovert or an introvert when when we're having too much social contact whether it's virtual or not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And what's interesting is I'm borderline extrovert introvert. So I can, I can get energy off of both or, re, or kind of re-energize from both. And I find I have to balance those two, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here, definitely. I need to recharge each and every week. And uh, while, we're, while we're chatting, we reached out earlier to our communities and asked for some questions about love and relationships. And we got hit with a doozy like right away. And that's where I want to start, <laughs> if that's okay with you. That's perfect. Let's do it. Awesome. One of our, one of our community members, uh, Suzanne asked, how do you go from casual to committed? That is actually a great question. And I will be in all honesty, I saw the question like ahead of time. So I have actually been thinking about it, um, which is better because then I can give a, I think a stronger answer. And I, I look at this from my process of like, what does commitment mean? First of all, and I think communicating with somebody so you understand what commitment means to them and understanding what you're committing to. Mm -hmm. And realizing that I think commitment is a process. 
Like, do you fully go in and commit? Like we don't meet someone and go, okay, let's get married. People do do that. Right. Um, and sometimes it's successful. I would think oftentimes, and don't quote me, but I think oftentimes it's not, but can we start making little commitments to build up to having that bigger commitment with somebody as we get to know them, as we each understand our community, the way we communicate, how we deal with conflict, etc. So what I recommend, and this is a process that I'm learning as well, is is step by step to what your comfort level is and what your partner's comfort level is because you may be ready to like live together and they may be ready to commit to more time with you does that make sense absolutely it does like um we've been chatting with uh local experts a lot on facebook live and we're talking and joking about like well if you're only seeing each other for a month or two and you chose to um shelter in place with them that's going from casual to committed really quick. <laughs> yeah. And again, it depends on you know, that commitment. Maybe you're committing to just quarantine together and test out some waters, some pretty, could be some hefty emotional waters, which could really tell you very quickly if someone's going to be a good fit for you or not. Um, and it, it might also tell you that it's too fast too soon. And that's okay too. Whatever you learn during that quarantine time together, that journey. Yeah everything's just a learning process very much so and even if you're stuck in quarantine with somebody and you quickly realize that it's too soon you don't have to stay there like heading back to your own place is completely acceptable to to find some space for yourself and to uh distance yourself so maybe you can reconnect at another time in a week or so yeah i'm also a believer that you can change your commitments it has to be communicated and say, okay, I'm realizing I committed too, too much or to too much. So I need to change it. Or you realize it's just not a good fit. And I know that to some people that's scary because they think about this idea of marriage as like this lifetime commitment. But I think again, having that communication with your partner on what does this commitment mean to you? Maybe it just means, again, we're committed to trying this out for the next year. And then we're going to check in and reevaluate. Because as you know, Dave, and as I know from doing this work, we grow and sometimes we grow in different directions and having to be okay with that. And that's, that's sometimes hard for the one person because they're like, but I'm still growing with you. And the person's like going way over here, right? Uh-huh. And that's mm-hmm. not always easy. But again, talking about you need to be authentic with yourself of what you truly want and need and what they truly want and need. And you have to honor and put sometimes a boundary up and be okay with what, what you want, what you prefer. Mm-hmm. And now that we've gotten the definition of commitment, um, a few different versions of commitment out of the way, let's directly answer the question of how to go from casual to committed. And I think in this context, it's coming from kind of like a place of, I'm scared to have that conversation because I'm afraid that it will end. And we've got a good thing going as a casual, mm-hmm. but I would, I would feel more comfortable if we had a commitment in place. And a couple of things that I've learned over the last few months is having a relationship agreement between two people and the fluidity behind it is so great because you can check back in at different times every six months or every year. Yep. Yep. That's such a great uh, question, the way you framed it too. I think about what so many of us are scared to have that define the relationship. Because what you want in a relationship may not be what I want, right? And what are we committing to? Even as you're starting to date, 
and realizing, oh, um, I, I thought I was committing to being monogamous with you and you're, you're still seeing other people. And so having that communication, so you guys are on the same page. And if you're not, then either you abort because it's not what maybe what you want or you decide to, okay, let's get on the same page with this. And that's when I think about starting to have those conversations. And for so many people, they're so scary. I was one of those people. It was super scary. And I think part, partly because of the fear of rejection. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. and I know for myself, like being a recovering people pleaser, like always wanting to please the other person. So I'll do whatever they wanted to. And then my needs aren't met. And then there's that assumption, like, well, we've been dating for a month. Like we, we should be at this stage. And there's not like a timeline to the stages. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the stages, they're not like fixed either. Like there's not like step stage one, stage two, stage three. It might be stage one, stage three, stage two to stage four, you know? Yeah. It's very fluid and it goes from level to level. And what I've learned since maybe not so much since the question was asked today, but in pursuit of the answer to that question for myself is that rejection is not a bad thing. It's basically just feedback and information for us Mm -hmm. to be able to make the choice and either in your words, abort or kind of fluidly adjust where we are at. And, Mm -hmm. um, and of course we've experienced this as adults in many different ways, but each and every time it's an opportunity for us to learn and move on or move forward. Yep. I also think it's so important to know what you want. And again, so many of us are caught up in what other people want. We don't even realize. We think it's what we want as well, but it's our family, our culture, society, community, et cetera, what we see. And we don't take the time to like, hmm, what is it we really want? And realize that changes. Like I have made my like list of what I wanted for many years and it has changed, especially as I jump into the dating scene and date and figure things out and go, wow, I thought I wanted that, but actually I don't want that. That makes sense. So, like knowing what you want is easier to go in when you're, especially as you're casually dating and meeting people and getting to know them, than when you have that conversation about starting to what is what am I committing to? What is this relationship um, that can help you to navigate the conversation a little bit better? The hardest thing is so many of us one don't believe we deserve we get what we want, you know. And, and because we've been told so often that we should want these things or we should need these things, we, we believe in and we go up against that. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Um, we got a comment from the person who asked the question originally uh, to go from casual to committed. When first meeting, it's okay to let a person know that you're looking for a commitment in a relationship. And I do agree to mm-hmm. some extent of like to your point what are your intentions what are you looking for you should know what you want and to maybe not necessarily date number one say this is what i'm looking for right now and here's Mm -hmm. why because that puts a lot of pressure on the other person to decide definitively right now date number one or even before the first date of like i have to make that decision right now we just met Yeah. And it doesn't, yeah. mean that, it doesn't mean that we have to please the other person or to um, basically uh, extinguish what it is that we want most. It's simply just working with grace and patience and like understanding that 
that doesn't have to be addressed date number one. It could be date two or three, mm -hmm. or there is no timeline like you were saying earlier. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a fine line there. So for me, I know as I'm dating, um, I definitely don't want to date someone that's only interested in one night stands. I want to make it very clear as we start to connect. And at least in my profile, I talk about I'm looking for a serious relationship. So they know that what I'm looking for. And oftentimes, and I don't know if it's cultural here, but oftentimes I get asked that a lot. Like, what are you right out of the gate? Where, I mean, after the what are you doing in Brazil? Why would you want to live here over the United States? The United States is like rainbows and puppies. <laughs> but after that initial, and I've convinced them of why I'm here, um, then I get the, you know, what is it you want? <laughs> I get that often before they even meet me. Um, so at least you've got it, you know, are you on the same path? Because I've had people say, I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want casual sex. Well, that's not my thing. And so I'm, I'm very appreciative that they're like super upfront about it. I'm like, thanks, but not my, not what my cup of tea, not what I'm looking for, basically. Um, but good luck on your search for what you want. So I think that's okay. But what you want, you know, then leave it up to like getting to just starting to get to know somebody and spend time with them. And then also allow them because one thing, I know I can be really intense and I'm so comfortable with being open and sharing myself authentically. And as you and I know, Dave, a lot of people, it's super scary to be authentic. It's really vulnerable. So to expect someone right out of the gate to feel comfortable with you and open themselves up is kind of a really high expectation. And that's okay if that's really what you want. Like I'm looking for someone that's just like that. That's comfortable with being vulnerable and being authentic right out of the gate. Okay, that's totally fine but sometimes give people a chance to feel safe with you and for you to feel safe with them, uh, you know, to, to show yourself and to show and to see, start to see them. Does that make sense? It does. It makes okay. perfect sense to me because um, in, in the hierarchy of needs, safety is one of the foundational mm -hmm. needs mm -hmm. for, uh, for humans is to feel mm -hmm. that safety and security. And why not bring that in as a need in our relationship or in the relationship with self? Yep. And if I remember correctly, it's the first one. It is. It's so the like biggest foundational Creating piece. that foundation right out of the gate for someone to feel safe with you and for you to feel safe with them. Mm -hmm. That's why trust and communication are two of the most common values that I hear from people. Like when we talk about mm -hmm. it, what are your values? Well, Trust and, trust and communication. What are the three most important things in a relationship? Trust, mm -hmm. communication, and great sex. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and they're Honestly. not wrong. Those three things could be different for everybody. It's totally true. Totally true. And so it's knowing also your value system. Yep, for sure. Was there another question? Uh, we had just a couple of comments that Sabrina said that she agreed and I appreciate that Sabrina. Thank you very much. Take this opportunity guys to um, send us your questions. You can message Carrie or myself, but also post on this live feed too, because the more questions we get, the, the more fun we have. Yep. I was also going to say that like, I mean, Dave, you interview so many people and they all have different ways of looking at it. So keep an open mind to that. There's no one way to do this. Um, there's not one formula, one recipe. People are looking for that. 
and find something that really resonates with you. And I use the analogy of sometimes just getting into the sandbox and playing. So if you've never communicated around going from casual to, com to committed with a partner, you know, it's, it's scary. It's kind of, to some people it's going into the panic zone. Uh, maybe you start with smaller baby steps, like committing to go to uh, on a trip together or something. Where you, where you can practice having that conversa those conversations become more comfortable with it. Because we're not taught how to communicate and how to really relate with people. We observe, you know, and then we look at what, what do we think we need to do. So it's okay to practice. And practice with friends that you feel safe practicing with. And they'll give you good, honest feedback. I love using Toastmasters as an example of this. You know, we practice our presentations and then it's an open environment and a safe space to receive feedback for you to both hear what you did well and also uh, learn what you need to improve on. So you can get better at communicating, so you can get better as a leader. So it's mm -hmm. the same thing. Yeah, I can imagine that that taking a trip together, whether it's just a weekend away or an actual air, airline trip somewhere, would bring up that authentic conversation if you haven't already had it. Mm -hmm. um, I can visualize that um, people get nervous and a little anxious around taking a trip too soon, a lot like living together too soon. Yeah. Yep. So, but even something like, like we have a little island here and I'm just saying like, go for a day trip. Like that's a big thing versus just getting together for a movie or coffee mm -hmm. or having dinner, like doing something a little bit more. Maybe you go to a place neither of you have gone to. So you're both exploring it. And you're seeing what shows up for both of you in, the, in that situation. And again, it's such a, when you look at it from the perspective of relationships are such an opportunity for growth, these moments are, are just beautiful for, for growing, for learning more about yourself. Like, wow, I didn't know I would ever react that way. Being in a space that I like going to an island I've never gone to for the day and I'm unfamiliar with. Um, and this person is too. We're navigating through issues that we didn't know would come up like say you um, had transportation arranged and it what it's not there anymore and you're like what do we do we have to problem solve this together does that make sense it does absolutely and can you work at it as a team in that in that uh, kind of spontaneous moment you get to see very closely who that person is when when you're faced with uh, challenges even even if a reservation gets canceled at your favorite restaurant or um, how a person treats a waiter um waitress on a date like you get to yep. know somebody very yep. very quickly in that but, in that case but i would say and i'm going to use the four agreements here don't always make the assumption right away because you don't know what the story was behind it like you don't know if the person had a horrible day and you know something is triggering that or something triggered like if a wait, waiter or waitress a server did something and it triggered them you don't know the backstory of the trigger and it's so we're so quick to judge people does that make sense? So I, I, I also feel my intuitive side, like, okay, I don't want to make assumptions here. And maybe I can dig a little. And if, the, if that's not the case, then maybe it's a, it's a sign that this isn't a good fit. Or, you know, maybe it's a sign that I have to keep getting curious. Yes, definitely. So um, you're recently back into the dating scene. Is that what I'm hearing? I am. And how are you using the four agreements um, when you're approaching your new, cause it's a different season out there now than maybe the last time you dated. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about the, 
the first agreement is so easy for me to be impeccable with my word. And that both is how the word, like I use the word to treat myself and how I use the word to treat others. It's a practice still. So it's constantly observing and awareing, uh, being aware and not judging myself if I use the word basically against myself or another. Um, that one is for me a little bit easier, but the, uh, the two that are the hardest are the don't take it personally and don't make assumptions about people. And again, what I realize when I take it personally, it's a trigger, which means, ooh, I get excited about triggers now. It's kind of pathetic. It's, time to get it's curious actually not pathetic. It's like, um, it's amazing actually. But it is, it gets curious about, ooh, what within me gets to be healed, you know? And so when I take it personally, usually it's something about me and it's something about my past that is coming up and wants to be healed. So it's a great opportunity to learn. And then don't make assumptions is a little bit of a struggle for me because of what happened with my last relationship. I notice just being that observer, I'm a little on guard. So I sometimes associate um, things with my ex and also culturally, and I'm, I'm doing my best. And that's the last one doing my best to try to be that observer and catch myself and then get curious about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I'm liking how you apply the four agreements um, to all contexts. And, and I've always stood firm on the belief that we learn more about ourselves when we're in a relationship than we do when we're out of a relationship. And it's because of those reflections that we're seeing in other people. Yeah, for sure. And it's about every relationship. It is not just romantic. It's work, it's friends, it's volunteering, it's, you know, roommates, family. Family for me is a big trigger. Um, every relationship, there's an opportunity to grow and learn. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. and, and what are you learning now in your experience as you, as you connect with new people in a different culture and a different location than what we would experience here in Denver? Um, well, it's really interesting because this culture is such a, a, a touching culture, like PDA doesn't exist here, uh, or it does exist, public display of affection, that's what affection is. the, the rule, public. sorry, the rule doesn't exist, no PDA, but you know, they're very much, they love quality time and they love touch, uh, really touching each other, which are my two love languages wonder why I'm here in Brazil. Um, yeah, same here. So I think it's harder not to be touching. Like as I'm meeting people and um, we're both getting interested in one another, it's more for them than for me because my culture, I, can, I have learned to kind of, I can hold back for a while. Um, but for them, it's a little bit more challenging to like, oh, not touch. But it's also interesting how they really respect it, at least from my experience. Um, because of the pandemic. So they're really mm -hmm. like trying to follow those rules. So it's challenging, but it's also, it's been really fun in essence um, to connect with people online for them. Cause normally they want to go super quick here too, compared to the American culture. They want to like, let's move fast. Um, so it, it, it forces them to slow down a little bit, which is more my rhythm. And so I am really enjoying that. Cause I'm like, getting to know them. Um, the one thing that's been really interesting though is they find out I'm a coach, an empowerment coach. Sometimes they go right into being the client and I'm like, oh, I don't wanna play that role. Like, I don't wanna, you know, have to like coach you basically. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, so many people right now, as you know, Dave, need emotional support. 
and I just feel like we're just starting to get to know each other and I don't really want to play that role right out, right out of the gate, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So that's yeah, it makes only, perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of what I'm experiencing right now. I, I, I completely feel that as, um, as a personal trainer, you know, for a long time, I kept this distance between clients and the people I dated. It was like, okay, meet somebody new. And then they're like, Hey, do you want to work out together? And they would come to my gym and we'd work out together. And I'm like, all right, well now I'm getting mixed signals. And now the lines are a little bit blurred about what role am I taking in your life? Yeah. Exactly. And I oftentimes get the, go ahead. No, exactly. I understand yeah. that. And when I do get introduced to somebody new and I talk about the podcast, then they put up their boundary of like, oh, well, why are you on this date? Are you on this date to find out research or are you on this date for dating? And, and I'm always on a date for the dating purpose, not mm -hmm. for research. Wow, that's interesting. I never thought about that, but that, yeah. Okay, I could see that. I could see that people would ask that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so important for me to like clarify what authenticity means. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why, that's why the foundation of principle and the core values of the podcast are more educational and community-based and authenticity-based than it is um, sharing funny or terrible or awful dating stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. One thing I want to say that I've learned as I go back into the dating scene again is I'm really connected with myself and going back to towards the beginning, I know what I really want. And also listening to my intuition more and more and really trusting it. And um, so I, I get the full body yes with someone or the full body no. And sometimes it's like yes to move to the next place or sometimes it's, it's not a, it's, it's a no. And I'm so, I, I, I'm so much better at being like, basically ending if it's a no and not going further and being okay with that. And before I'd be like, all right, I'll go for another date. No harm, but it's time invested, right? And mm -hmm. so realizing hey, that like, yeah. I, and so I'm like, no, I'm just, and I'm okay, so okay, okay with it now. I don't feel bad about it. And I just That's know really good going to the next, next, um, you know, the next step with somebody, whatever mm -hmm. that step is. And a lot of that could be tied back to not taking things personally. And mm -hmm. if it isn't a full body, yes, for me, if there's like a section of my intuition that's saying no, then I'm going to, I'm going to focus more on that part of my intuition and understand why it's a no. And is if that little tiny section, it doesn't have to be a full body no for me to, in order to stop seeing somebody, it's like, okay, what is this intuition telling me? What part is it like um, difference in alcohol consumption? Or if, it, if it's drug use and in Denver, marijuana is a topic of conversation that comes up a lot, you know? And what, intuit, what intuition is telling me and if it's a big enough section of my core values that it's intuitively no, even though everything else is a hell yes, I, yeah. I unfortunately probably wouldn't move forward there. Yeah. I'm the same way. It basically has to be a full body yes for me now. Because mm -hmm. I, I realized there was too much that I, I settled on for the last rela in the last relationship. That I was like, I kind of, ah, I can get rid of that because it's yes and all these other things. And 
And I didn't, I stopped listening to my intuition and my intuition was screaming at me, Dave. I mean, Mm -hmm. the day everything happened, D-Day, I mean, it literally said, go to the room, look at the nightstand, look on top of the nightstand. And like, there was the evidence. And I had been sitting there like, (laughs) it was crazy how it was screaming Mm -hmm. at me. And so realizing, wow, I'm so disconnected from myself. And so coming back to really being connected with myself again. Yeah, if I'm not listening to my intuition, then I'm not in full alignment with myself. And that's probably why it would be um, a partial no uh, becomes a full no. Mm-hmm. What else has been coming up um, for you being in self-isolation? Um, are you understanding? Are you connecting with the needs that aren't being met? And, and how are you communicating those? In what way do you mean? Well, you and I both relate on physical time and quality, uh, physical touch and quality time. And my, my personal opinion right now is not to date because those two love languages are my top. And I understand that those needs can't be met right now. Well, quality time can be met because you can get quality time like this and you can sit together, watch a movie, do dueling piano. I mean, there's so many things you can just have a conversation, coffee, um, I did a date a couple of weeks ago where we did dinner over um, WhatsApp video. <laughs> he made his, mm-hmm. I made mine. Um, so quality time can be met. The touch is more difficult, but I also think about you're responsible for filling your old love tank. So, you know, physically touching yourself um, in this moment is also important. And I think some people are really, it feels really vulnerable and that kind of like, there's a lot of shame around touching yourself in essence. And I don't always mean sexually, but it could be sexually as well. Um, and then, you know, I haven't progressed that far into any of the relationships because I, we've only been in quarantine for three weeks and I'm not that far along, but I also think that you could, cause I imagine say if you have touch as one of your love languages and your partner travels a lot, is not around and travel sometimes for weeks on end, before they come back because they're in flying to another country and you really need touch is to do it virtually. So you're touching yourself, but they're guiding you. Does that make sense? You're so necessary. becoming, taking, taking the intimacy level to a, a deeper, more connective place mm-hmm. virtually than um, because you can't see each other in person. Yep. 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 I guess that everything feels like a long distance relationship right now, except for the one with my roommate, you know, and in my past, I know that I'm not successful at long distance relationships and to ignite the flame right now and let it burn out the same way that it has in the past is a really hard thing for me to dive into. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's coming up for me. Yeah. Well, I know that, you know, here's the thing, you know what your needs are and this is, I, I don't actually know, but I'm going to say this is temporary. And that's why I say, I don't know actually how long we're going to be in this kind of self-isolation quarantine mode, or, um, mode right now. But I think it's temporary. So eventually, I can imagine, Dave, people like you and me are going to want to hug and touch everybody. <laughs> so... Um, you know, and if you can, like for me, I, I'm not in a hurry to jump into a serious relationship yet. I want to be in one and I'm starting down that path, but I don't need it right now. So I, right now I can explore 
I'm totally fine with that. Um, and so doing it online is fine for you. But for some people, maybe it's like, yeah, not going to be my thing right now. And that's okay. Cause listening again to yourself and what you, you need emotionally through all this as well, because there's a lot of emotions that people are going through. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I woke up one morning and I just had so much grief and I had to like, just feel into the grief and move through it. And most days I'm super optimistic and just, just enjoying the ride of it. Um, but I know that's not the case for everybody. Some people have extreme anxiety. They have fear that just so much uncertainty. Um, some people are super feeling super joyous, like having a great time connecting with their family in ways they've never connected. So everyone's kind of going through this differently. And we've never experienced this before. I would say the majority of us, I think the last pandemic was in 1918 and there may be a few people left on the planet that were around then and they were probably toddlers <laughs> when they or just babies. So I don't know how much they remember. We've never experienced something like this. Mm -hmm. They probably lived a similar experience at that time where, where they were sheltering in place in their home unless they had ne necessary errands to run. Mm -hmm. I believe that our fast-paced go-go-go culture is gracious right now, gratefully slowing down so that we can all recover, repair, refresh for a rebirth. Yep. I totally agree with that. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this is to giving people a chance to slow down. The thing about it is they have to be aware and, and be proactive with it. I do see some people still getting stuck in anxiety, constantly watching the media all day. I mean, turning their fight or flight on like that and it's just going all day. They're exhausted. They're not eating well. And no blame to them. It's totally understandable why they would be that way um, because we don't know what's happening. But um, this is also an opportunity to just turn the TV off and go and do some stuff for yourself. You know what's interesting? When I moved to Brazil, the, I negotiated that I would work no more than 25 hours. That was a big change because I was working almost 60 hours a week for the organization. So when I had moved here and went down, I said, I got to have some time to myself. I think for the first two months, Dave, I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I was like, <laughs> I should be doing something, right? I should be doing uh -huh. more than just sitting by the pool and reading a book or like going to the gym and working out or learning how to cook. Let me be honest. I'm like playing with recipes and, um, I had to step into a new familiar. So I know a lot of people are going through that as well. Like, I don't know how to do this inner work. I don't know how to just slow down, but it's kind of forcing you. Eventually you're like, oh, this feels good. And I think people are realizing also, which I do love, uh, realizing what they don't need. Yep. Like becoming a min minimalist um, yep by choice now because they're put in this situation without the choice. Yeah. And I, I can totally relate to that because um, I had bought a book right around the new year. You know, everyone makes new year's resolutions. And then I have this book that sits on my nightstand that I haven't read because I'm not much for picking up the book and flipping through pages. So my commitment to myself and part of my self-care routine is actually reading a physical book instead of picking it up on audible. Mm. And it's the perfect book for me right now because it's, it's Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And it's not available on Audible because that would defeat the purpose. 
That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I set it. I set a timer for myself for either an hour or two, and I don't touch my phone for that whole hour. And I actually fill that hour with reading this book and digesting it. And then I communicate to our social media detoxers, who has completely changed our philosophy around taking weekends off to now just taking an hour or two a day away from mm -hmm. social media. Yep. That's great. That's great. I love it. It's something actually I also need to be doing more of. Um, but I realized, well, not social media. I was like my phone. I, I can get, you know how it tracks, how many hours I look at it. I'm like, wow. But I realized I listened to so many podcasts like this one. Um, mm -hmm. And I have Teachable uh, on there and I have so many programs that I'm doing. So I'm, I'm using it a lot. I have Wim Hof's breathing method that I, I, I do every single day and I'm using it, using the app for that. So I realized mm -hmm. I'm actually on this, not just for social media. I'm on this for a lot of other things, reasons and I use it regularly. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say one of the other things that I, I love about this time is it's not only giving people a chance to slow down, but it's like they have permission to slow down. Does that make sense? Like I'm it even doesn't. I'm even noticing like I'm doing more for myself than I was before, and I already worked from home because I feel like oh I have permission to do it now. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, like, I think that I won't be judged for spending two hours of, of time during the day for me time. Uh huh. I think that because we're all going through the shared experience together, that that makes it easier for us to make those choices for ourselves because um, we understand what others are going through because it's a similar shared experience. Mm -hmm. And then we're learning grace for ourselves during that process of like, okay, well, fewer restaurants that I would tend to go to are closed or excuse me, fewer are open. So now I'm cooking for myself at home more often. Okay. Along with the mm -hmm. picking up a physical book, let's try some new recipes, Dave, because you're stuck cooking the same thing every single week yep. and without a commute to and from work. I've got this extra time to invest in myself. Yep. And, and you I don't feel bad about it right? No, no guilt whatsoever. No guilt. Exactly. But before when we did it, we felt bad because society says you should be busy. You should yeah. be productive. You should be, and you are being productive. You're being productive and taking care of your needs, which should always come first anyways, because you will actually produce more and feel better. Enjoy your life more when you take care of yourself first. That's right. We can't pour from an empty cup. No, my philosophy is give from your saucer. And I can't remember where I learned that from. It might have been Christine Hassler, but give from your saucer. So whatever overflows from your cup, that's what you can give. Other than that, the cup is yours. I so saw a meme good. the other day that was exactly like that. I'll send it to you. Um, okay. If I can remember where I found it. I believe one of our other podcast guests uh, shared it in a private Facebook group. So I'll swipe it and I'll send it to you because that's exactly what you're talking about. Nice. Yeah. Love it. So uh, what other any more questions? Uh, not from the thread right now, as far as the live goes, I absolutely love doing these um, live conversations because I, I wasn't able to plan anything, you know, like yeah. uh, I, the one question about going from casual to committed and I say, you know what, let's run with it. We know each other pretty well, but, um, but this is getting me outside my comfort zone and helping me be creative 
uh, which is one of the things that I'm learning about myself during this time is, okay, what, what am I choosing to do with this opportunity and its creation right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, really? that's awesome. One of the things I'm realizing, you know, talking about being my authentic self as I go in and, and really constantly examine myself, I'm a really strategic person. I'm a really, um, I can take a 30,000 foot view and like put it all the way onto the ground and put it into operational mode. And I've taken on this huge project that I'm starting that I'm not even, I'm I'm sure it's going to get off the ground. Just got to figure out how. Um, And it's, it's helping to reach more people here in Rio, get more food and, and items to families here in Rio. And actually I would eventually like to bring it across Brazil, partnering supermarkets, which is something they don't often do with local NGOs and really helping the Brazilian culture to enhance their culture of philanthropy because they're behind us probably, I'm going to say 40, 50 years in terms of NGOs and this idea of philanthropy and taking care of your own community um, and they want to learn, which is phenomenal because, uh, last year I was interviewed on a panel to talk about U.S.'s culture of philanthropy so that Brazilians could learn about what that looks like because it's so foreign to them. And so it's really exciting for me to kind of step back into some old skills since I had a 15 year career working in NGOs, um, step in and use those old skills and just realize like, I also thrive off of that kind of stuff, that strategy stuff and planning it's why i love being a coach because a client comes in with a problem and i just start like breaking it down like investigating by getting curious and asking them questions to find out okay where's the thread for this and then working on how to heal that part or overcome something so um it's been really fun actually and also just challenging because i'm up against like some cultural stuff some political stuff and it's like okay but i can do this (laughs) I can do this. Well, good. Congrats. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that, that you're thriving um, in your new dating experience and your professional life too. Yeah, We've come so you. far since the last time we talked. Yeah. And I know that your time is valuable. So do you want one thing to send us off with that we barely touched on, didn't get to, or you'd like to expand on? One thing that I've been doing a lot with my own group of women is having them come into their bodies more because our emotions are a language of the body and really energy. So emotion is energy and motion. So thinking about as you ride through these waves and the waves of emotions is to not ignore the emotion, not to suppress it, not to numb it, which is something we always naturally do, but to actually feel it and really, you know, really experience it moving in your body. So what I want to just say is just a quick kind of tip when you're, as you're feeling your emotions, and for some people they are going to be like, this is so foreign for me. Um, so say you feel anxiety, you're feeling fear, you're feeling anger, you're feeling sadness. The steps that I go through is first name the emotion, um, locate it in the body. So say your emotion is sadness. Okay, locate it. Where is it showing up in my body? So you're coming out of your head and into your body. Can I describe what it looks or feels like, the sensations that it's creating? Oh, it's a heaviness in the chest. I feel like tears want to 
come out of my eyes, except whatever you're feeling. And for each person, it's a little bit different journey. And then breathe into it and say what, and kind of connect with it and say, what is it you need to do to move? And it might be crying, say, if you're sad. If it's just anger, it might be growling. It might be, you know, a number of things. Um, so I'm always recommending instead of like right now is a great time to just feel your feelings and not and not suppress them numb them etc and actually i just want to give credit because you actually interviewed her but i learned this process through julia munson oh, okay. who you interviewed a while back who i just admire love she's just inspirational to me and i mean she probably taught me this four or five years ago this process and it has been a game changer for me yeah. Conscious, so again, conscious yeah. Yeah. So feel, you know, name the emotion located in the body, describe what it feels like, breathe into it and say, what does it need right now? And maybe it just needs to be. And sometimes it will show up as like, if you're angry, growling or pounding your fist, or maybe it's sadness, maybe it's getting into a ball for fear, or maybe even joy, because so often we don't give ourselves permission, especially in this time to feel joyful. Like you think I can't, why should I feel joyful? The world is, you know, crashing down in a pandemic. The economy is crashing. People are losing their jobs, etc. People are losing their lives. But it's okay to feel joy as well. It's okay. And it's really okay to feel all your feelings. So that's what I want to leave people with is giving you permission to feel your feelings and move through the energy. Yeah, thank you very much. That's a big that's a big statement. And I think that that's a big takeaway from, from the last three weeks, for sure. Um, there have been a few moments of grief for me, absolutely. Um, there have been a few moments of confusion and anxiety around uh, what's mm -hmm. coming. And I interviewed a doctor of psychiatry, a professor of psychiatry from CU the other day. And he said, well, Dave, there's, this is not different than any other time. Even before the pandemic started, we still didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. Very true. So um, staying in that anxious place is unjustifiable just because we're um, all experiencing this thing at the same time. The fear of the unknown can be replaced with a sense of future yep. of like, what am I going to do with myself immediately when this, uh, the, this experience is over? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have so, Thai food. I'm, I'm going to get late. <laughs> love it love it so uh, on that note <laughs> um thank you so very much carrie i really appreciate you for all that you do and for connecting with our community once again yeah i loved connecting with you dave and i promise when i finally make it back to denver we're gonna go for coffee <laughs> yeah let's do it and for sure, yeah for sure. let's do it all right, all right I'll, thanks I'll talk to you soon bye